to this brand new podcast, Music Industry Secrets Spilled, with me, your host, Lucy May Walker. Hi, welcome in. On this episode, I am joined by the amazing Beth McCarthy. So Beth is a pop artist who went viral this year on TikTok. If you're on the platform already, you've probably already seen the video of her crying in her car (laughs) to her own song, She Gets the Flowers. Just last month, she supported Sigrid, Uh, There's a lot of really exciting things happening for this amazing woman who I'm so proud to call a friend. We had a brilliant chat on this episode about TikTok, trends, algorithms, um, how to successfully network with people. Um, And I I took quite a lot from that bit. Um, So thank you, Beth, for that. Um, We spoke about branding, dealing with trolls, pre-saves. We cover a lot. So I really hope you can take something from this episode I know personally I was inspired talking to Beth, um, so I hope you are too. So yeah, let's go for it. Here is Music Industry Secrets Spilled with this week's guest, Beth McCarthy. Spilled. Here we go. So, I first heard of Beth McCarthy a very long time ago when she was a contestant on The Voice when she was just 16 years old. Uh, She sang Sexy and I Know It in her blind audition and she got a turn from both Kaiser Chiefs' Ricky Wilson and the Kylie Minogue. Uh, Since then, she's been making quite the name for herself in music, particularly, weirdly, from 2020 onwards. Um, Here's some impressive stats for you. Beth has over 300,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, over a million views on one music video alone on YouTube, 41,000 Instagram followers. This is so crazy. Um, And 200, I can't even say this number, 255,000 followers on TikTok. Um, TikTok is the platform that we're going to talk about today because it really took her to the next level so beth mccarthy welcome to music industry secrets spilled whoop, whoop, thank you for having me did you like my intro it was such a good <laughs> intro i've never felt more special in my life to be honest <laughs> i've never really said those big numbers out loud before and i had to re- <laughs> I had to like write them out how do i say this literally the writing the numbers has been the bane of my life for the last like six months because i'm like i don't know what this means it's a nice problem to have. It is. Okay, let's kick right into this. Um, so yeah, this is a, a podcast all about like tips and tricks on how artists can be as successful as people like you. So, Beth, Me. In, tw- in 2020, your career skyrocketed um, after you started uploading videos to TikTok. So tell us a little bit about your TikTok journey. What made you join? How did it all start? And how quickly did you start blowing up? Sure. So yeah, my TikTok journey was um, a bit of a random one that wasn't really that intentional. Obviously, it came up and po- got popular in lockdown, didn't it? Everybody was on TikTok and that was the thing to do um and I was on it as a watcher and as a consumer rather than as someone who made stuff I did a couple of little cover videos but I didn't really get it I was like I'm too old for TikTok I'm not 15 (laughs) so I'm too old and you're yeah you're not even old I'm not I'm literally 24 like (laughs) I'm not old but it felt like I was 
Um, and then basically I was just busking um, in London uh, kind of, it was sort of between lockdowns. It was that weird, like, November-y lockdown that wasn't really lockdown, but kind of was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went out busking in Central Piccadilly Circus, and um, nobody was really going out because they weren't sure if they were allowed. So I had this pitch for, like, quite a lot of the day, which never, ever happens in Central. Um, and I had just been just been playing the day. It was amazing. Like, I was so happy. Loads of people were coming up because obviously everybody was just so ready to hear live music again. Yeah. I just had so much of a good response from people. Um, and then this lady came up and was like, can I just film you and ask you, what's one reason why you're happy today? And I was just like, yeah, I'm really happy today because I'm singing again. And it's the best thing ever. Okay. <laughs> and she was like, cool. Can I, can I film you singing? I was like, yes. Um, and then she filmed me singing and just went away. And then later that day, I just was getting loads of TikTok followers. I was like, I don't use TikTok. I have no content on there. Like I deleted everything that I had on there. So it was literally just an account. I'm like, why are people following me? Where is this coming from? And it was because this video was on a page called One Reason Why or something. um, And it, it just blew up and it was basically she'd go around to one person every day in London and ask them a reason why they're happy today and I just happened to be that person that day um so then she asked me it I think it did like 200,000 views overnight which was the first time I'd ever 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 seen like numbers like that before that quickly um and I was just like right okay I need to use this I need to get on this um already had a bit of an idea of what I wanted to do with TikTok. I knew that I wanted to like do something a little bit more creative with trends that were already existing. So I wanted to try and make my own out of what was going on. Um, And I didn't really know how, like whether it was going to be to cover the the songs that were trending or to like do sort of semi-movements of the trends or something. Like not dancing, but try and incorporate them. Just try to be clever with it, but I wasn't really sure yet. And I was just like, you know what? need to go for it and then and then I did and then it all just took off from there wow I really thought that you knew about that video because I saw I think that must have been the first thing I saw on TikTok um in fact I wasn't on TikTok at the time I think you must have shared it on Instagram and I just assumed that you were already big on TikTok and then that happened and it blew like that is what That's a way what to start. I Amazing. Know. Which was nice because it was so organic. And I think that honestly is probably going to come up quite a lot in this conversation is just that so much of what has really taken for me recently is as much as people don't look at TikTok and think organic, like it all just feels very kind of, I don't know, like it's TikTok, isn't it? People yeah. expect it to have... Uh, these behind the scenes things going on a lot of it's set up and it is but actually some some of the things that do the best are the organic moments and for me like throughout all of this from TikTok to moving into the music that I've released it's all been so organic that it's it's been really nice but um it's definitely a running theme through everything yeah, I find that because I, I, I've put some videos together. I definitely tried to copy your rewrite thing. And I was like, right, it's working for Beth. I'm going to do it. <laughs> well, mine flopped. And then I did a video about, well, it's got nothing to do with music. It was all about like um, being socially anxious and like pushing yourself to do stuff. And that's got like three and a half million views on it. And it took me like two minutes to make. So it's... It's ridiculous, right? It's so it's weird. It's so annoying. Because <laughs> you're like... 
great, I've got this thing that works now and I know it will. And then it doesn't. And yeah. you're like, okay. Do you find the ones, like, for me, I notice the ones that do best for me is they they do really well straight away. Like, it's not like a slow burner on TikTok. Is yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think if they if they do well straight away, they have better... Um, Algorithms. Algorithms, and then they do better down the line, actually. Interestingly, I woke up today, and at the top of my TikTok thing, it's like, your original sound is trending. Over a 1,000 people are using your sound. And it's one of my rewrites of July that I did months and months ago. Wow. It's like, where, where, where do you find these things? Like, I find it's people weird. liking my old videos. I'm like, how is this going through the algorithm again? I don't understand. You're, you're lucky because yours are all music-based, whereas mine are, like, food-based. I, I need to make... Anyway. Uh- <laughs> Listen, Lucy, food. Everyone loves food. I think you own that. I know. I'm not going to sell any records doing that. <laughs> you might do. Sell a cookbook at the same time. You'll be fine. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I know we've just said it's all, like, really organic. But do you th- have you found that anything in particular does seem to work with, like, going viral? Like, um, are there certain hashtags that people should be doing or any so, tips? I really, really wish I could tell you that there was. I really do. Because, but if I knew, I would be doing amazing videos day in, day out. And they're not. Like, at the moment, my TikTok has kind of pulled back again. It's definitely not doing the numbers that it was when I started. And I don't know if that's anything to do with the algorithm or with, like, the the way that people are consuming it now. Because, obviously, my TikTok took in lockdown when people were on it all the time, whereas people are getting on with life now. And True. I think all of these outside sort of factors are worth taking into account when you're thinking about doing anything like this because life is not structured really for a lot of people and so these online platforms kind of can't be either um so for me I, I I guess like I just try as many different things as possible and and hope for the best it's a funny one because you want to come up with original and creative ideas but at the same time certain things work for example the car thing why we all sit in our cars what is that (laughs) I have no idea I only did it because other people were doing it so I only went and sat in my car because I was like every songwriter TikTok I scroll past is someone sat in their car and I think it probably originated from the idea that it has a big speaker that you don't need to worry about so like people who don't have a home set up with speakers can play their music really loud and have it in the video and it and it works I kind of get that, but it's just become a thing. And it's even, so weird. Even like somebody that I was speaking to about releasing and about the industry and whatever, who's like in the industry, was like, "I am baffled by this idea of the car. Why are people in the car? Why is that the only place people can listen to music now?" I was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but that does work." And that kind of setting, I think maybe subconsciously makes people think, "Okay." This is a video that I've seen before of somebody else doing it. You know, this is something that I know what to expect. So I'll either stay or I'll go. And if they go, it's probably because they don't like that kind of video. But if they've stuck around, it's because they like it. And then that helps you because you're being put out to the right people. Um, And that's the only logic I can really put to stuff like that is that if you are following a little bit of a trend, that's like an inner trend that people just seem to be doing a lot, it's kind of like, okay, people know what to expect with that. And so they'll stick around. I think you did really well with the car thing as well. I, I don't know if you've done like more than one probably, but um, the one for She Gets the Flowers, you were like, even though you're doing 
a format that's already out there, you were like crying your eyes out. I didn't see any others that that were uh, ugly crying. So this is the thing, and this beautiful, goes, beautiful crying. Thank you. Well, but this goes back to the 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 organic thing. Is that I was scrolling through a TikTok and people would be like. I've written the perfect song for you to cry to when you're in your car at 3am. And then they'd be like, whoa, here's my song. Like, I'm going to act it all out. And I was like, don't tell me what to do. Yeah. I Like, if you're not crying to your song, then I'm not going to cry. And I was like, if I'm going to do anything like that, I need it to be a real moment for me with this song. And I know the, like, emotion that I feel when I listen to this, I know that the emotion that I feel like I want people to feel. And so on from that, I kind of need to really be honest and and take that and have a real moment with it. And I think that's the only way I'm going to be able to live with myself, <laughs> never mind it do well, because I can't, I, I hate the stuff. I do it, I'll do it because yeah. you just do, but I don't like the kind of acted out moments really that much. And I just needed a moment where it was like, this is real. And that's what people connect with. They like real emotion, don't they? Yeah. It was it was very real. I love it. <laughs> Maybe a bit um, too real. Well, it's, it's not nice to see you crying, but yeah, it, it makes you... Uh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it makes... I definitely like wanted to, to hear more. Um, so I think another thing that make, makes your, stand, your videos stand out to me is like how professional they are. So you can tell that you've put like loads of effort into like recording the audio and then you don't just like roll out of bed and film it you've definitely like made a lot of effort to it to make it look aesthetically pleasing especially with your whole pink brand the aesthetic tell us about um I guess it's your branding now um yeah. is that like a really conscious thing that you you do I yeah it's very, I mean I don't own any clothes that are not pink or white like and that's not even a joke my housemates take the piss out of me all the time because I'll put my washing out and it's like some music video like in the garden on the thing like literally just sheets of pink um and and I kind of did that I mean I guess it started with the hair um I was blonde like bleach blonde before I had to cut it all off because I bleached it to death and then I just gradually started playing with like having a little bit of of color in there a little bit of pink like I went kind of more gingery yeah and then it just gradually got more intense and I was like you know what I want to be pink and I want it to be half and half I don't really know why I came up with the half and a half thing but I wanted it to be one shade darker on the other side um and I just thought that would be cool because and to be honest I've always loved branding even from the voice days which I rarely talk about now but like it was there was a very conscious branding decision for me when I was on the voice because I wore a hat um and I wore this like fedora hat thing and then I literally had a different one through every round yeah. and then for that whole festival season afterwards I wore a hat and yeah. I knew that if no one knew who I was if they like went up to somebody afterwards and was like oh who was that girl that played that stage there's gonna be loads of girls that play the stage but it's like oh who's the girl in the hat it's more than likely gonna be me or at least it'll whittle it down and so, I, so clever. it was literally just a decision to be like okay I know that that is going to help my identity. And and obviously that ends up being really obviously branding. But at the time it was just like, okay, people are going to maybe find it easier to know who I am there. And I, and I love live. I love playing shows. I was doing a lot of festivals. So like, and I wanted to be in a position where if people 
hadn't got a chance to speak to me or I didn't catch my name, there would be something that they could identify about me then. So I think it's just like always been in there and always been something that I wanted to do. And so it's ended up just being this massive pink uh, overload, which it has become a thing. And and I guess as well uh, for me, if I was always wearing pink and there was always something pink about me, I can always make content and it will always match my aesthetic. Like, I don't need to worry about having a day where, like, I need to do do this on this day and I will dress in this way. Like, I'll always just match what I want to look like. Yeah. And so then if I'm out and about and something happens and I, I want to get a picture or if there's something cool or whatever, I'll always have an identity. Always on brand. Life, you know? Always I love brand. it. That's so clever as as well. It's like quite often you'll recognize someone's face, especially on TikTok. It can be one of those things where you might follow them or you just see their videos a lot. So your kind of face is also your brand. Like, and maybe they wouldn't recognize your name on like a poster, but they will recognize your face. So you might be able to like sell tickets just literally off your whole look, which is uh, it's very clever. Well, I need to do it. something. Like, no, but honestly, it's, it's like, that is exa- you hit the nail on the head. Like people, I rarely recognize people's names, but you do, you do think faces or aesthetic or whatever. And like, obviously everybody knows, if you think about all the people you really, really like, like Miley's got her thing with her like mullet and her like, you kind of know you know what her vibe is mm. Billie Eilish has her thing Dua Lipa even like it's the kind of at the moment the era that she's in has all that nostalgia in there like you everybody has a thing that you sort of subliminally think about them mm. so it, you know if you can create it it's definitely worth doing I mean I was at Latitude um, I played a little stage at Latitude this year it wasn't kind of a big one but it was it, I was there okay I was yeah. there when I played it it's fine um, I've been there and yeah and I was literally by the toilets waiting for my friends and some girl came up she's like oh my god I love your song oh and she did she call a baby I was like oh my gosh thank you she's like I recognize you from the hair I follow you on TikTok oh, so amazing. It, it works you know I need to find my thing I might come back to you on that uh, I I feel like you do do? have a thing like the glasses that like I feel like I know your vibe immediately when I see you on like a poster or anything because you just you do you do have a thing I think everybody has a little thing underneath all and it just depends how overtly thing you want to be right I've just your thing (laughs) taken my thing to a stupid extreme (laughs) but not everyone has to do it as long as you've got something that kind of creates consistency I think it's fine amazing um let's talk about pre-saves because I read that your last single she gets the flowers had 60,000 pre-saves wow um yeah I I guess I guess people don't really talk about numbers but I I don't know where I read that probably on your Spotify I think yeah um and I just didn't know that 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 was like I think I got about five hundred, and I was like, "This is amazing!" Um, Sixty thousand. Mate, I've never even looked at pre-saves before. Like, I've never even had it because usually I'm a little bit too chaotic for that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I am yeah. putting a song out tomorrow. Here you go. I think I've done that for the last like three songs because things just you know that's the one issue and not issue clearly, but like the one thing with TikTok is the preparation is very difficult to create because obviously that flowers moment was really it was already set to release like two weeks after that but and I put that video out but that that blew up with no real intention of it blowing up so then when you turn around you're like oh my gosh I need like everything in place like I need a link and I need this and I need that 
it's quite difficult. Um, so yeah, the 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 flowers pre-saves were absolutely bonkers, and I'm pretty sure like anyone I've talked to about it are kind of mind blown by that in itself because it doesn't really happen even for major not not major major artists, but like artists that are on major labels that you kind of are, are sort of working their way through the ranks. That can that that doesn't even happen for them a lot of the time. Like it, that, but it shows. The power of TikTok. Yeah. That was all TikTok. That was not like anything else but that TikTok video that blew. And then the couple that I did after that, obviously, just be like, this is happening. Like, that's it. Wow. Because uh, you got like 100,000 streams in the first weekend. And yeah. that was obviously that what not just down to the pre-saves, but most of it is is that. Um, so it made me realize like how... I, I knew pre-saves were important, but when mm-hmm. I saw those stats, I was like, that's why it's so important because then people will, you know... It know. immediately drops into their thing. <sighs> yeah, it just so is, is there and, and you'll immediately get those numbers straight off the bat. And then that's supposed to, to and, I, and, and hear me, supposed to make it do better in like playlists and whatever. Flowers got next to no editorial support. That's so, mental a lot mo- the majority of the streams are organic which, which is, is brilliant amazing and love but don't you think it's bonkers how yeah. like, how does it even work because all of that what we've just talked about and this I talk about flowers as if it's actually disconnected from me it actually doesn't feel like it's mine so I, I it's it, for me it's like a uh interesting like point of conversation because it is just its own thing it did so well and those pre-saves added on to, like, the video doing so well, added on to, like, there was outside stuff that was doing well, as as well as the streaming, my TikTok doing well at the time. Like, all of those things surely would accumulate to having some editorial support from the platforms. And I know it got on Sad Bops on Spotify, and it got on... Um, heartbreak pop on apple music and i think there's one other on apple music and i know the exact people who got it onto those three playlists oh so, really and yeah because of one of the guys that was helping me at the time who was great Stephen melrose um he had a couple of contacts at kind of spotify and apple obviously can't say do this but he yeah. can push it and say listen this is what she's doing and they're like yeah this is great and then they they you know then put it on the on the um playlist but on from that, there was nothing else. No New Music Friday. Like, it's, it, I don't understand. <laughs> uh, I would love to know. Like, because I've got on a couple of um, playlists um, and I'm re- not really sure what, what it is. I don't really get no it. I've got, one knows. I, I've got another guest coming on. Um, called Kate McGill. Uh, mm-hmm. She's from the band Meadowlark. Um, and I'm going to ask her because she's on, I think she's on six Spotify playlists. A lot of them are covers, but I'm, I'm really interested to know what what the uh, secret is. Yeah, I mean... I'll what, let you know. <laughs> yeah, let me know. What I will say is that I don't, I don't think anyone really knows. And what I'm discovering in like the more people I talk about, I talk about things with now yeah. and, and with the new music like coming out. And, and I've had a huge thing is like who I'm going to distribute through recently because um, I felt like my support um, wasn't really there through the last song, despite how, how huge it was doing kind of organically. So um, I wanted to shift and figure out who the best person to go through was and blah, blah. Um, and 
it just turns out that everyone's just like, no one has direct, you know, that they'll promise you, like, oh, we pitched to DSPs and we have these relationships with these people and that, that, that. No one can do anything. Like, it's, there'll be something that makes you get on them. But I feel like at this stage, we are not in control of that. Mm. Like, it doesn't matter who you go with or what you do. It's a it's a world slightly bigger than than me and and I think most other like independent artists. It's just it's bigger. Than but us. Also, also, you've got so you've got millions of streams without needing the Spotify playlist. And actually, it's much better to have the streams without the playlist because I've got a song that's got half a million streams, and that I know that's because it was on a playlist. I know I don't have half a million fans, mm. whereas whereas you do. Um, yeah, and and you're right. You know, it's 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 amazing. I think it's that thing, isn't it? You always want you always want what you can't have. Yeah, because playlists look great industry wise. Um, like they for industry, there's like boxes you need to tick when you're speaking to people and and you want to impress them. And it's like having these playlists and these numbers and this and this press. And then I'm like. It's just bonkers the things that people are sucked into. Like for me, press does nothing. Like for me, is uh, that translates into numbers and ticket sales. Yeah. I don't read music blogs. Who reads music blogs? None of us. Like me we, neither. <laughs> literally, who reads them? So then, but then it, yeah, that is the one thing I was like missing off the back thing. No one knew about me or anything that I was doing who was on the industry side. So like since then, I've spoken to people and they're like, I don't understand how I never knew like about you. And I'm like, because it just happened. And and it was nothing to do with anyone in the industry. It just happened from TikTok and, and me and, and, the, and the song. And, um, and that's not an issue, but it's definitely something that people look for is yeah. like, that sort of thing. So you need to find that. You need to strike the balance. Because as you say, I think I would definitely take the the fans of my music. I mean, that's what we do it for. So like exactly. having my kind of monthly listeners haven't really dropped until really recently. And they've not dropped, dropped. They've just, they're slowly fizzling now, obviously because people are, have done the songs. But what? But you have a new single coming out. And by the time this is out, it will be out. So um, fingers crossed, like you, you've probably timed that perfectly as it dips you'll put something else out and then yeah fingers crossed yeah. do you know how many pre-saves you've got on that so far um I don't actually I need to check because they have the so I'm going through um a company called lab uh lab records and they're a record label um but kind of a it's a it's a sort of almost stepping stone between um distribution mm-hmm. and like label it's almost yeah. like an artist services type thing um and it, it and it feels good because there's a team there I still don't have management I have every other team member but I don't have management and so to have that team to kind of push and and organize is yeah. exactly what I need at this point in time so it's kind of worth the give and take that you get with any kind of deal mm-hmm. because ultimately I can focus on like the creative which is what I love and then and doing the bits of socials that I need to do and they can do the press and they can do the like pitching and they can do whatever Amazing. and they're really on it as well I can just go to them and go like this is what's happening like this is something that's going on this is what the song is about and they can just take that to the right places and that's cool oh. so hopefully yeah it'll it'll be I reckon it's just isn't it's just a funny one 
when something does really well. And I dread to think what like Ed Sheeran feels like having to one up yeah. everything that you do. Because you do feel like that as an artist where you're like, this next thing needs to be bigger than the last one. And on one hand, the last one was really big. So like, yay for me. On the other hand, <laughs> yeah. like, what do I do now? That was such a big jump. Like, I've not had a jump like that before. So how do I follow it? The pressure, um, yeah. yeah. I, I try, I, I don't know, I, I guess try not to think too much about numbers and just, it's all like a big journey and yeah, it'll, ugh, God, it's really hard because I'm exactly the same. I'm like, why hasn't this song got as many streams as the other one? This is a better yeah. song. But I guess it's that organic thing that some, some songs just work, some don't as as well, but yeah. I've got one more question about TikTok before we move on. Okay. How do you deal with trolls? So, <laughs> this is a good question. Now, okay, so funnily, for TikTok, I've not been as heavily affected by trolls as I have on Instagram, interestingly. Oh. Um, and Instagram Reels, specifically. So I did a rewrite of a Taylor Swift song, of Love Story, yeah. Um, called Self Love Story. And it's basically like from the perspective of the best friend of the person who's been dumped. Romeo, trust me, you'll yeah. be better off alone. Exactly. No, not Romeo. No, it's Juliet, trust Juliet, me. Now, sorry. this is important. You know why it's important? Because the amount of men I had commenting on that video on, on Instagram saying, Where's the Romeo version? We want a Romeo version. And then, but it just got, it got so bad, Lucy, because it, it did very well on Instagram Reels. It did like, I think it must be on 20 million views now. That, that little snippet on Instagram Reels has like 20 wow. million views. Sorry, that, we've been talking so much about numbers that that was like, yeah, okay, yeah, 20 million. Cool. <laughs> wow. like 20 million is, it's a lot, right? And it's, it went off in India in a big way. Um, I don't know, I think they don't get TikTok in India. So oh, I think okay. that, like, it sort of went into that world a little bit because they're like, oh, my God, yes, we want this, we want this, because we're just constantly consuming it and they don't get it as much. So it, it went off in India and there were a lot of comments from men that were so sexist and so misogynistic and, like, oh, women are only good for this, like, women are only good for, like having children and how is she going to have children if she doesn't have a Romeo honestly it was I found that really really difficult because I don't care if you want to come for me personally because I've been dealing with it since I was 16 go on one of the voice videos and scroll through the comments it's actually a joke like for people to say that on a video of a girl who was at the time 16 years old I just think is honestly disgusting like I can look at it now and I'm disconnected I don't care but if I look at it with my, like, adult person brain on, I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who do you think you are? That's awful. But I've dealt with it. And it's, like, it's just something that you deal with as you go through the industry, isn't it? You have to, as you will know, just deal with people saying crap to you. But it's when people say, like, uneducated things or, like, things that completely go against like my views or morals yeah. that's when I struggle to not like say anything 
Yeah. Because I don't get, if you want to say you can't sing or if you want to say you're ugly or your teeth are weird or whatever, whatever they like to pick on about me. I love or, your teeth. Thank you. I apparently, they're weird. No, um, they're amazing. <laughs> I don't care because I've learned to love myself by this point. So I don't care if you want to insult it because I'm fine. It's the picking on stuff it's the being misogynistic side of stuff or it's the stupid stupid comments that are clearly uneducated and don't make any sense they're what irritate me my way of dealing with it I delete them brilliant (laughs) yeah we had this discussion didn't we yeah because why should you keep them like I don't know why there's a stigma around like deleting comments Mm -hmm. somebody had said somebody had said that on something it's like oh did you delete the comment, the bad comments on this, that's disappointing. I actually hadn't deleted any bad comments on that video. I just didn't have any. Um, but I was like, disappoint. why is that disappointing? It's my content that I spent time creating. I have put a lot of work into this. Why would I, why would I be okay with people using it as a space to be negative? Go, if you want to be negative, go do it somewhere else. Like not on my content that I spent time doing. Yes. And it's my profile. I own it goodbye yeah brilliant. I think I used to think that maybe if I was like looking at someone else's and they started deleting comments maybe I I think I had that view as well as like oh wow they're, they're deleting comments but maybe that was because they were doing something wrong um when you're not doing anything wrong and people like expressing their opinion like I did a slightly controversial thing and and I won't go into it but um I had someone like messaging saying like, oh, I, I've really like changed my mind about you. I can't believe you you do this, blah, blah, blah. Because I did exactly that. I deleted their comment. And then the guy messaged me and was like, you're deleting your comment. Like I've really, like my my opinion of you has gone downhill. And I, was, I said exactly the same thing. I shouldn't have even responded to this person because I didn't deserve a response. But yeah. I felt like I had to defend myself. And I messaged him back and was like, well, the reason why I've deleted it is because it's, you're being really negative. Um, on a really positive thing but I think also by me messaging that person back just made me more angry whereas if I just deleted his message as well I would have just like not been affected by it so exactly (laughs) delete it is delete honestly and I know that they say I know that that's the thing isn't it that everybody says if you're talking about social media and people being mean it's like delete block yada yada and there was a long time where I didn't and it's almost like you there's something about sitting in the in the like negativity where it's like it's attention and it's bad attention, but you kind of feel a bit victimy. And I think as humans, we all like to feel like a victim every now and again. Like I, you just I, sometimes I, I like agree. to feel sorry for myself. Like yeah. so, if someone's being mean to me and everyone can see it, I'm like, I'm just gonna leave that. <laughs> everyone knows how hard my life is but it is it is negative and I'm exactly like you it makes me more angry when I actually get into the conversation there was a guy a same sort of thing happened but not not in the not of the same uh subject with as you but somebody had I was literally posting about my single and this was like mid flowers and I was buzzing in everything I, I posted every story everything some bloke like who I'd met once busking commented on it being like oh Beth this is just quite pathetic that you um are clearly uh hurting inside something like that. like you're clearly like upset inside um and that uh, and you're just putting on this fake smile 
um, get I a grip, get a grip. And I was infuriated because I was like, who do you think you are coming to me and saying that I'm, I'm any of these things? I'm not. I'm having the best time of my life right now. Yeah. So no. And for you to respond like that and and I and I ended up messaging him and it just got worse and worse because like I actually voice noted him because I was like I'm actually so angry I I don't have the energy to type so I'm gonna voice note you thanks for your concern but if I actually did have any problems I would speak to my actual friends and you are not one so don't come for me like that and and just to put your mind at ease I'm actually really fine I'm having I'm the most successful I've ever been right now and I'm actually loving it so leave me alone and he was like I can hear your radio training in your voice like but just tried to completely undermine everything I'd said um and that I was lying I tried to basically say I was lying and that I'd taken it in the wrong way um because he was just looking out for me as a friend I'm like you're not my friend though yeah (laughs) I bet you're not my friend you're literally a like 65 year old man who I met once who lives on the internet like not my friend not my friend so basically don't message them back. Don't message them. It makes you, it makes it worse. It makes it worse. Yeah, Don't message them. I completely them. agree. Thank you. Wow, that was a really long-winded answer, but I, I think people will appreciate... <laughs> listen, sorry. They'll appreciate hearing that because they might look at your profile and be like, oh, she doesn't get any hate. It's just... She does. She just deletes <laughs> she just it. Deletes so, it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. People like to know that like, oh, okay, she's not perfect. Although I do think you are. Um, anyway, <laughs> moving on from TikTok. Mm. The, the other week, I don't know when it was now, but a few weeks ago, I was very lucky um, to get on the guest list to see Sigrid at Lafayette in London. And then on the day of, you were like, I'm supporting Sigrid. <laughs> I was so happy, like it was sold out and everything. So I was so, I felt so lucky to be able to um, like witness that happen for you. Like I felt so proud. Like how did that happen? Tell um, us everything. Honestly, it was such a random one. So like just as a little, very brief backstory as to where I'm at. Um, I basically came to London um, at the beginning of, uh, 2020, right before lockdown. Really good timing, by the Honestly, way. Honestly, <laughs> it was the best timing. I've been waiting for it for years, and I was like, now's the time. And then the world broke, so good for me. But I, my intention was that I was I would come to London um, and build a team and work with new producers and stuff that were more in the pop world because I hadn't really found somebody that would work right, in the right way yet. Um, and then obviously lockdown happened, so I couldn't get in those rooms that I wanted to get into. Um, because no one was in any rooms other than their own <laughs> bedroom. Um, and then I kind of was back and forth between York and London through that lockdown period. I went back to my mum and dad's in York and then would like I came back to London for a bit and then got more work in York and it was that whole thing. Um, and obviously over that time, the TikTok thing started happening. So then I was starting to have conversations with um labels and like people were popping up and coming out of the, uh, of the woodwork and whatever which was great but what was interesting was like obviously I would have a bit of interest from labels but I had nothing I had no real foundation yet so I didn't really have anybody to help guide through those conversations that was mm-hmm. secure I had don't get me wrong I have some amazing people around me who I've worked with for years and there were people around me when I had flowers, a guy called Ben Reynard, this Stephen Melrose, 
I had people who were there pushing the song with me, but they weren't any official capacity of my team. They were just like, this is happening for you. We're here. Like, we believe in you. Here you go. And and sort of gave me a a leg up when I needed it. Um, But having those conversations, it was almost like, it almost took off too soon (laughs) in a way um, for it to really tangibly go anywhere because I didn't have a team set. Um, And so then through all this, I've been had introductions with people um I got myself a booking agent um uh, a paradigm I actually have two um that work together and then I got introduced to the a lady at um Live Nation called Kelly Chapel she's um a Geordie and she's amazing oh nice and we like went for coffee and just spoke about music and she's just really passionate about helping women and like just helping artist that she believes in and she was great and she's like listen I've got you you're my girl like you're northern we're good anything that comes up that I think you might be good for I'll I'll let you know or I'll try and do do whatever um and then I just got a message from her like the day the night before um like are you in town tomorrow and I was like okay can be (laughs) Yes, obviously I don't know what this is for, but yes. Uh, why? She's like, oh, I might have a little solo gig for you. Um, so, like, just if you if you're around, keep it free. I'll let you know. And then, like, I said, like, this could be anything. This could be a teeny tiny thing. This could be a huge thing. I don't. I actually don't know because Live Nation cover everything. And I was just like sitting there, going, "Please tell me what it is. Please tell me what it is." And then later on, I was like, listen, I've got a, I've got some house viewings tomorrow. So, like, do you think it's going to go ahead? Because I will cancel them. And she's like, oh, you know, do what you need to do. But I'm, I'm trying to make it work for you. Uh, but I don't know yet. They just need to figure out if this other person is, this other support is actually doing it or not. Yeah. Um, and it ended up that basically the, the original support pulled out because they were ill. It wasn't COVID. And she thought she was going to be able to do it. But right. because... Sigrid was playing Reading and Leeds that weekend. They wanted it completely like illness free as much yeah. as they could. Um, so then she didn't do it, and I was brought in. <gasps> Basically, I think the evening it was like being passed around a couple of people to be like, "Who? Do, these are our options. Who would yeah. you like?" And she, I, my link got passed to their team, and they were like, "Yeah." We'll have her. So, like, wow. I got a message at, like, 2 a.m. from Kelly being like, okay, can you do the show? And then I didn't, I was asleep. And so I woke up Obviously. to, like, <laughs> four texts being like, wake up, wake up, can you do the show? And I was like, oh, my God, yes, I can do the show. She's like, it's Sigrid. So then, yeah, just So you didn't know no. it was Sigrid until, so were you, like, Googling, like, what gigs were on and stuff? I actually was, I was just like, I'm just going to have to, because I didn't know where, when, what, like, I didn't know. And I, I had no idea what, where it even was. Like, I knew it would be in London, but that was, that was it. So, yeah, it was a bit crazy. And obviously then it was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to play? I haven't played any of my new songs, really. I've done, like, three gigs that are proper yeah. kind of artist-feeling gigs and not not kind of cover stuff. I was like, what am I going to play? How am I going to play them? I, I, like, I want to play a couple of them with track because they sound better on piano or whatever. Like, how am I going to do that? I don't have a setup. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And uh, it was all a bit terrifying. But so, yeah, just so did was it. That, so that was the first gig with Live Nation? Yeah. 
Wow. And and also I was because I've been researching you for a while now. Um <laughs> I saw that you did a TikTok, sorry back to TikTok, about women that you love and you did this I loved that. And you were like, these are the women I whatever love. I can't remember what you said. And Sigrid was like on there. So it, you are you're a real Sigrid fan as well. So it, it means more to you. Sigrid. Oh, who Sigrid? doesn't? Oh my gosh. Like I found don't kill my vibe came out and again it's branding just attracts me I'm mm-hmm. like I love that it was when she did the hot like you know the block color yeah like the red um th- and the video was like this big red block like material thing that had like hands coming through it and I just I remember watching it I was just like that is so cool and she's got this branding thing down to a T everything you know it's cigarette the minute that you see it mm-hmm. and she was like kind of just coming through and I loved it and then like I've cried in my car to dynamite more times than I want to say like that song <laughs> is just has a piece of my heart and I just think she can't miss and there's like obviously some songs that I prefer more than others but like there's a, a, a load of those songs that I just think wow that is like she's just got it just hit the nail on the head and I went to go and see Sigrid um right when I was moving into the more pop thing out of the singer-songwriter thing yeah um and I was like that's what I want to be I saw a live show I was like that 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 is the exact kind of show that I want and then really the first big support I've ever done was was her which is a weird full circle how do you go on from that damn it Again, I literally said this to my friend the other day who supported Ed Sheeran on his like Woo Yeah, he he they're friends and oh, Ed Cal. Sheeran uh no, yeah, actually Cal so a guy called Antonio, um okay. who was in that circle, Antonio Lulich, he's I've been friends with him for years. I he was one of the first people I was like really inspired by at a gig. Um and he did the uh South American tour with Ed and played to like literally what, a hundred thousands of people a night. And I was like, how do you go from that? How do you go from that to not doing that anymore? He's like, I don't know. I still am trying to figure that out because I, I, I sometimes do feel like, what's the point? Because oh. I, because that was so, that is a feeling you can't get back. And I, and I get it because even at that secret gig, it was just so good. That crowd were amazing. Like everyone was so on my side. Like you were just <laughs> amazing. But like, it it was just the perfect it was the perfect show for me it really really was yeah. and that then you go okay this is what I live for but then you're like, how can I do this more <laughs> so so with yeah how how can people get on those support like and booking agents that obviously you wouldn't have got that show um if it wasn't for being with Live Nation so yeah how for artists listening to this god how do you approach booking agents or do you wait for them to approach you do you have any tips yeah it's a tough one isn't it because I feel like the reason why there's never really any answers to this stuff is because there's never really a set route yeah um and and you don't realize that till you're in it and you're like wow how do I know all these people but it is it's getting to know people and it's taking any any kind of introduction you can anywhere because live nation i mean as a promoter like they live nation are, are you don't have to be exclusive with them whatsoever like it's like there's live nation there's kilimanjaro there's like x amount of other people who do who put on events right and and live nation just are kind of the biggest really 
Um, and it just so happens that I was introduced to Kelly and she really backed what I did and she believed in it. And as long as you speak passionately to everybody that you kind of get introduced to along the way, I think really that's the best thing and advice I can give is that people you've got to believe in yourself for other people to believe in you and then you just need to find that person that does believe in you and that pushes you I mean she was saying she's pushed me for like x amount of shows like over the last few weeks before the Sigrid one anytime that anyone drops out or anything because she really doesn't have that much control it's agents who do control it most of the time but that was a show last minute dropout she she, it's her show she's like right okay I'm here to, to bring in people and that's when you get your little in so it's just making sure that you're in as many brains as possible get your, getting yourself seen by those people and like agent wise again it was an introduction um I guess it's just like go to shows as well like agents generally are at shows so going to gigs um if you know any any connections like obviously make them genuinely if you don't like the person then don't <laughs> don't use them but like just just get to know people as the best things come out of that artists if they think you're cool like will introduce you to their surrounding people and then you get to know them I was at gig last week I got again a last minute um support for a girl called Isla I'd never heard of her but I was like you know what take it like it's a gig that sounds cool uh turns out she's a huge writer (laughs) and like at the gig afterwards like Maisie Peters was there Jade from Little Mix was there um like the, Laura Laura Aquilina was there so amazing writers were there there was a couple of great producers like there were loads of people in that room and, and do you just go up to them and be like hey I'm Beth yeah you've just got to own it because that's what people are there for like they're they're going around being like I, I I'm here for a reason whether it's to watch the music or more more likely I'm here to to get to know someone that might help me and so it's expected in all of the ways. So so for your opening introduction to IE Jade from Little Mix or Maze Peters, whatever, just for people that list like because I'm like this as well, this is completely out of my comfort zone, but I do it. I'm like, there's I remember I spoke to Nina Nesbitt's manager at a gig, um, and I was absolutely pooping myself. And I was like, right, I know I have to do this. This is not something I, I do, but I have to. So I went over and I was like, hello, but I'm was quite young at the time. And um, I really had like four songs and they were not great. But I pushed myself to do it and I was like, hi, I don't even know what I said to her. And then I gave her a CD, gave her my business card, left and just cried. Um, now I'm a little bit better at that. Um, yeah. But what, like, give us an example for someone listening. Like, what would they go and say to Maisie Peters? I would say have a reason yeah. for going up to that person. So like, for, I, didn't, I didn't actually go up to Maisie Peters uh, because... Firstly, I kind of Not already good know. Enough. No, I kind of already know, uh, like her keys player. I'm gonna get to play keys for me. Like I know, <gasps> I know Tina! like Tina. She's amazing, and like I love Tina. She's one of the best people, and um, I already know her. I'm really good friends with her. Oh. So it's like I know that down the line, it's probably gonna come a time where there's a crossover. Anyway, yeah. I have met Maisie at like a BBC introducing thing before, where I did actually go up to. She played a set. So again, it's like having an in. Yeah. If you're at a gig that they're at, you can literally, you could say how good they were. 
um and like you everybody loves a compliment say how good their set was be like you know oh I you know I'm, I'm actually an artist myself and like I um like I love what you did there or like pick a thing and then make a conversation around that um and if you all you want is like a conversation just to make them aware of you then that's kind of all you need to do. I feel like if it's a man, if you, in a situation where if it's a manager or a producer that you're aware of, um, obviously then you have a you have a thing that you want to get out of it, which is that they know who you are and you want to get a contact. Generally, I, I go the Instagram route now. I'm like, oh, okay, you're on Instagram. Let's connect. Okay. Um, and because everybody's on Instagram, um, I also do like, oh, are you in London? Let's like, we should go for a coffee sometime. I'd love to like have a conversation about like music and stuff and get get your thoughts because I'm working on this I know and, and it, I know that's all very vague but it, it's going to be so specific to each person mm-hmm. who like is going up uh, and what they want you know because I'll go up and I know that I want manager and I want a manager and I want like um people to work with on production yeah. so I'm like oh this is what I'm doing kind of fill you in a little bit in a like a 30 second interval like little yeah. moment this is who I am, this is what I'm doing. And I, um, yeah, I'm just looking for a manager, you know, at the moment and just trying to meet meet as many people as possible uh, that that might help in that way or like that I could work with in some way. Just trying to do that at the moment. Um, but it'd be cool to have a chat sometime if you've, if you've got any time like to go for a coffee. I would nice. love to chat to you about it. And that's kind of, I think, if you're really upfront about it, then there's nothing that can really go wrong. Yeah. Because the worst that they could say is, oh, I don't really have time. They're not going to say that. They're probably just not going to have time. So they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. And then you won't hear from them again. Do you know, I could just tell you one quick story about when this has gone wrong for me. <laughs> Please tell me how it's gone wrong. And if I took your advice, then uh, this wouldn't have happened, actually, because I was at one of those introducing live things. And what is his name from the Kooks? Main singer from the Kooks. Luke, I think his name is. Um, yeah. Right? And he was in a panel and then I saw him and I was waiting for a, a panel in the queue and I saw him and my brain was like, there's Luke from the Kooks. You need to go and speak to him. If I'd have just taken a second to be like, okay, what are you going to say? Um, yeah. So I went up to him, not really prepared um, and just like spilled a load of rubbish and... Um, I think he thought I was hitting on him because his girlfriend was playing on the stage at the time. And he was like, this is my girlfriend. I was like, oh, amazing. She's so good. Like, I really wasn't hitting on him. But like, I I then felt like I was. She's so good. Um, And then I said, I think I gave him my business card. Oh, that was it. My in was let's have a writing session. Um, But when I asked that, I was like, oh, do you ever do co-writes? Normally people go, yeah. He said, not really. And maybe he doesn't, or maybe that was his like, no, goodbye, random person. Um, But then that threw me because I was like, well, I don't have an in anymore. I don't have anything else to say. I should have just been like, well, nice to meet you. But I was like, oh, well, if you ever want to, like, here's my business card. Like, What did I say? Oh, can I have your email? Because giving someone a business card, I've been given business cards. I have like a stack of random people's business cards. They're never going to look at it again unless yeah. they're interested. He was not interested. 
So I said, oh, can I have your email address? And I got my phone out. I think that's pretty good, actually, to to be like, oh, can I have this? Because you were under pressure then (laughs) to go, oh, okay. And I thought he was going to. And then he was like, well, uh, well, I'll I'll, I'll email you. Um, And I I literally went, you won't know. (laughs) Because he... I knew he was lying. Oh my God, Lucy. And then he caught, I thought he might like the kind of cheekiness and be like, oh, fair enough, I won't. But yeah. he didn't take it very well and he called me pushy. And I was like, I'm not pushy. No, no, no. Like, anyway, so it can go wrong. Um, but yeah. Okay, it can go wrong. <laughs> okay. And I do think this is worth noting because I, like, I feel like you're always, as an artist, you, you can be in those positions. Like everybody's always going to be, x amount along to so then to another person you're going to be attractive to want to work with right yeah so like you'll be at a gig you'll have people come up to you who want to work with you like who have have written and and yeah you're not luke from the kooks but like you're lucy may walker and people people are fans of you and there'll be people who come to your gigs that are aspiring like songwriters and and whatever um, that are on a lower level than you yeah. that would aspire to work with you and you're potentially not going to be in a place where you necessarily want to work with them, right? Because we've all been there. Like, we've all been... I get messages a lot being like, I'm a DJ and or, or whatever and here's some beats that I made. I would love, like, to collaborate with you. I'm like, I yeah, no. That's not why what I do. I, why would I want to collaborate with you, random person? Like with So I get it and it's like, yeah. I guess down... That is always a risk. I think it's just actually making people aware of your existence is probably a better a better route to take in that scenario, especially with artists. Um, and like, so like Jade, Jade from Little Mix, I didn't give her my number or anything. I didn't like, or my Instagram. She was in a group with, luckily, like Lauren Aquilina was there, who obviously knew her, who I do want to write with and I'd already connected with on TikTok. So like... I went and chatted to her. I was like, oh, hi. She's like, oh, my God, hi. Like, let's do that. There was another guy that was a producer that was more easy to talk to around her. And then Lauren was like, oh, this is Beth McCarthy. And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm Jade. Like, I know. Yeah. But, like, but I did it. I played it so I was like, cool. Oh, hi. Nice to meet you. And then, like, I got, kind of got in on the, on the conversation a little bit. But I'm like, that's enough. Like, yeah. because really, what can Jade from Little Mix do for me in that moment? probably not a lot if jade from little mix's manager was there different story potentially but her herself even if i gave her like a card or whatever you've got to kind of i guess evaluate the situation and figure out whether or not it's it's gonna be worth doing or if it's enough just to have your name if you can get your name in their ears in some way I think that's the best you can do because at least that way, if you ever come up again in any scenario, yeah, oh, I you were heard her. of, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and and I think sometimes that is worth its weight in gold because it's like, oh yeah, I know of that person. Like, it's like having your own reference, right? Yeah. If somebody's like, oh yeah, yeah, I heard, I've met that person there, or like, I heard of that person, and then you, whoever they're talking to is like, oh, so she knows that person and that person and that person, and then then you're in, then you're kind right. of, you've got a little bit more of a thing. So yeah, that's what I would say about going up to people in those scenarios. If it's somebody like huge or whatever, just maybe try and make it so that your name's in the ears, unless you've got like 
people around them where you can be in on the conversation and have like a more a more friendly conversation Mm -hmm. but try and make it about try and give them something out of it yeah you know you don't want to Sorry, I think the compliment thing is a really good one because I've had people message me before. This isn't in person. They're like, hey, can I support like you at the gig? And I'm, I'm a bit like, stroke my ego. Tell me I'm amazing. Tell me how yeah. you've always wanted to support me. Like, yeah, yeah don't just go give and them... get what you want out of it. Like, give them something Literally, as well. Literally, what value can you give to them? Like, even if it is just conversation, even if you're just like, wow, that bit in your set was really cool. What made you do that? Like... Because everybody's got a thing that they do. Pick up on something. Be, be, what's the word? I don't know. Like, aware of what they are doing. And then use that and make them want to talk to you. Amazing. That's such good advice, Beth. Thank you. Um, I have one last question to ask yeah, you sorry, before I'm we go. Yeah, sorry, I'm talking a lot, aren't I? That's okay. We can edit it down. Or I think we've we've talked about some really cool things. So I think just let's leave it long um so to finish off this podcast it is the title of the podcast is music industry secrets spilled so to finish is there one secret or think something that you think not many people know about um particularly in the music industry um can you can you spill a secret for us i've been thinking about this (laughs) good um and it's hard because every the whole thing I mean, I feel like the biggest secret is it's just not as deep as you think it is and that ev- no one really knows what's going on, literally no one. Like, I'm learning that everybody I meet doesn't know what <laughs> what does what. Like, this whole distribution conversation that I've had, no one knew. I was asking people at labels, asking, asking managers, I was asking bookings. No one knew. Mm-hmm. No one knew the answer. They were just like, Meh. they all do the same thing, I think, but I don't really know. And... yeah everybody's everybody's sort of just trying to make it through and the same thing even like the big major labels are trying to make the tiktok (laughs) tiktok even i can't say the tiktok thing work like they'll get their artists they'll be like you need to have more of a presence on tiktok and do these and then they don't work because they're manufactured and and even they're trying to figure out how to how to like translate over what has happened for me and multiple other like independent artists on that on that platform they're trying to recreate that because it clearly works Mm. but it's really hard to to recreate it's just really hard to really know exactly what to do to make something like that happen so you've just got to do what feels right to you and I do think there is a balance between playing the game and staying true to yourself because we all have that thing in us that's like we just want to we do music because we love it because there's no other reason we could possibly do it if you're an independent artist you literally know it is like 90% of the time you hate everything and it's really really hard so we have to have some sort of love there right so you're not you're not going to come across in any other way that you're doing it for any other reason because duh you love it like you wouldn't you wouldn't not so you don't need to prove that in being like oh well yeah but I can't be on TikTok because like that's not true to myself like it's just a way to get yourself out to people Mm -hmm. just use it like even if it doesn't pop off even if you don't put any focus on it putting out like three videos a week of you singing one of your songs or singing a cover is better than nothing it's get it's it's creating more luck 
mm-hmm. um, you know, luck is what it is, but you create more of it. You create more opportunity for luck to happen to you if you're out there more, right? Yeah. So you do that. And then if you want to focus on it, you've got to play the game a little bit, look at what's popular and then you inter- interpret that how you will and put what you love and what you are into what's popular and that's what's worked for me now is because you know everything that I've done I've stayed true to who I am all of the rewrites I've done because I felt like that perspective was one that I felt closer to than the actual one or that I just thought it was fun it was a fun little project so the rewrites worked in that way the songs that I'm writing um TikTok kind of works for it because it's all lyric led and people like lyrics so it's kind of good for me. So you just find your platform that you love, uh, that, that's, that, sorry, that goes with what you love and then just try and use that to your advantage, I think would be a big thing. Um, the other thing I just wanted to add yeah. is just something that I got told um, right at the beginning, actually when I was on The Voice, um, and it's really helped me and I, and I just would want to say it because it's always helped me. It's the thing that's kind of got me through is I met this doctor um, they send you to a doctor to get you. I don't, I don't understand. It's like a doctor to the, to the stars. He's seen like Ooh. loads of famous people, like some kooky dude in like a three-piece suit kind of thing. And he was really cool. I had to go with my dad because I was young. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we went and he had like all the pictures of people on the walls. I can't remember who was up there. My dad will remember, but like there was like big, big names on his walls of people he's seen and treated. And I said to him, I was like, what, what's the thing that all these people have, do you think, that made them successful? Like, what's the key? Mm-hmm. And he was like, there's three things that I think you need to be successful. One is the talent and the belief in your own talent. That yeah. helps. Two, skin of a rhino, which goes back to what we were saying about our trolling oh, thing. The skin I, of a rhinoceros. Like, got it, got so it. So you need to have thick Tough skin. skin, yeah. Yeah, to be able to, you know, deal with all of the stuff because you're going to get knocked down, you're going to get trolled, you're going to want to quit. Like, all of those things happen probably several times a week when you're doing this. And so you have to have thick skin. Um, and the third one, which is the one that helps me, is the ability to deal with long periods of inactivity. So basically, there's going to be times where you're not doing anything and it's going to feel horrific because I've had this, like, between releases, let's say, or, like, when gigs aren't as busy, we've all had the longest period of inactivity for the last two years. Like, and being in that, it feels like you're not doing what you want to do. You're not, like, you're not achieving anything. Nothing's moving. But as long as you you're still moving forward in your headspace and you're still making plans as to what you're going to do next or like whatever it's okay to have a bit of time where things aren't actively moving there's there's like active and inactive it doesn't mean that you're constantly you're ever like not doing or growing or doing whatever it's just like that is how it goes you release a song then it'll go a bit quiet because you're writing you're still actually working towards what you're doing but mm-hmm. I've it's taken me so long to deal with that because I feel like I constantly need to be working towards something. And that means like having to actively do something like put a song out or like be on social media or whatever. And actually having that time away, it doesn't mean you've stopped growing and actually can sometimes mean that you're doing more of it because it's working behind the scenes and you're letting your music or whatever 
do the talking. And that really helped me. It's like, it's okay to not constantly be doing something. Um, and they're the three things. And that's always oh, helped me. So, yeah. That is a perfect way to end this podcast. Thank you so much. Like, I personally feel inspired now to to go and just take all of your advice on board. So thank you so much. Um, Thanks for having me. <laughs> you're so welcome. This is um, so fun. Good luck with the single, um, which will be out. It's called If You Love Me Right. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll post all of your links and stuff. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Spin. What a brilliant chat I had with Beth. I personally came out of that feeling so inspired and um, and hopeful actually, knowing that it can suddenly happen for you and it might feel like it's out of the blue but all those years working hard and hustling is you preparing for that big break moment. Um, and I love what she said actually about creating your own look. So basically the more content you post, the better your chances of being discovered, growing your fan base and and being successful. So yeah, I really hope that you got something out of listening to that. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast, especially if you got all the way to the end. Um, If you want to check out Beth's videos on TikTok, her username is Beth May McCarthy. She also has a brand new single out called If You Love Me Right, which is out now on all streaming platforms. So give that a spin and please do support her music. Um, Shameless plug for myself coming. Look, we all knew this was going to happen. I also have a single coming out on the 15th of October called A Matter of Time. I should say that properly. A Matter of Time, um, which I'm really excited about. And uh, if you can pre-save that, I'll be really grateful. Um, Or if you're listening to this and it's out already, please go and stream it. Uh, save it send it to a friend Um, and if you do like it I do have some headline shows coming up at the end of October so get yourself a ticket to that Um, otherwise I really hope that you like the podcast please do let me know what you think Um, if there's any guests in the future that you think would be really good for it let me know Um, there will be a, a new episode coming out every single Monday and I've got some amazing guests lined up for this series that I can't quite believe are coming on it. So, um, yeah, give this podcast a follow. Check us out on social media. Um, and I'll see you next week. Love you, bye. Music industry secrets. Music industry secrets. Music industry secrets. Spin.